And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. Hope you're having a great week. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for uh, making us part of your day. And, uh, well, this is how we do it on the podcast. We take you right to the action this week. PGA Tour up in Ohio. A gentleman by the name of Jack Nicholas has a tournament. It's called the Memorial Mirfield Village. Beautiful spot guy that is on property and has, let's just say, a very, has had a very busy week and will continue because he's got Lanto Griffin, Will Zalator, Sam Ryder, Adam Long, Taylor Moore, and Patrick Reed in the field. And he joins us, top short game coach, Josh Gregory. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, just just hanging out in the wonderful parking lot here. So I wish I would uh, uh, could do it on property, but uh, don't want to get either one of us in trouble. But uh, no. yeah, I'm doing, doing, doing awesome. Uh, looking forward. It's one of my favorite um, favorite spots ever. I actually played my first ever college golf tournament here when I played at SMU under Hank Haney was, was here at Muirfield Village. So it's, uh, it's, it's a special place. Jesus, what was Hank like as a coach? Did he just it was he get all pissed off when, he, when you didn't do your job? You know what? I'll say this. I've grown to appreciate it. And we still we still talk a decent amount these days that I've grown to appreciate him a lot more now than I did then, because as a 18 to 22 year old kid, I mean, you didn't I mean, golf was our life and it was pretty much all, all, all we all we did. But um, his work ethic is in his uh, instilling of discipline was was pretty was pretty incredible. And, and I didn't appreciate it at the time because we wanted to have a little fun. <laughs> and and uh, he, he was tough. But you know what? He was fair. And, yeah, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, I I learned a ton from him. Yeah, I used to do Hank's radio show um, every Tuesday, and I would dial in and we would talk and and sometimes I'd get a text from afterwards and he's blowing me up like this and that. I'm like, God, Hank, I'm I'm your guest on the show. <laughs> yeah, but you're not saying this or you gotta say something. Okay, he's, well, you know, after he's, I he's put a some... perfectionist. There's nobody that works harder. I mean, I, I give him yeah. a, a tons of credit for those times. He was running a full time business and teaching tour players and and still coaching us and was there at pretty much every practice. So it was pretty remarkable. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this week. Uh, Mirfield village. So this is a cool place. You know, this is always a great field. No one's going to miss this one. Uh, A lot of reasons why, of course, Jack Nicholas, one of the greats of all time, you can uh, another time between him and tiger, as far as who's the best of all time, but Jack uh, does a great, puts on a great show there. It's a, it's a great golf course, Mirfield village. He's made some changes. Uh, over the years, you've been there, you've seen it over the years. Uh, just give some insight to my listeners to as a short game coach, because we know strokes gain T to green is super important at this place. 100%. You've got to have a short game. You can't fake it around here. What's uh? give us a little insight to perhaps something we need to know here. Short game around these greens, a shot or two that the players have to have this week. Well, I, th- I think for one, to, to kind of summarize what I do, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, to build these guys a defense mechanism uh, because we know that strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained approach are, are by far the most important stats in determining who wins. And then usually of those guys in the top 10, whoever puts the best wins, uh, that, that's, that's facts. So, you know, my job is hopefully uh, that they never have to use a lot of what we're working on, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I can get them to have a sound enough short game, sound enough putting that, Therefore, it frees up their ball striking because we know that's what win golf tournaments. So having said that, uh, this week at Muirfield Village, you, you have to drive it well. Uh, it starts there. I mean, the fairways are generous, um, but missing the rough is probably perhaps one of the top three or four most penal 
places, missing the rough because you you, you really can't hit the greens, uh, and it's hard to really try to, to get it to the right spot. I mean, there's not a lot of pitching this week from the fairway. Uh, if you miss it short, there's some pitching, but for the most part, you're going to be chipping it out of the, the thick rough and, and, and bunkers with extremely high lips, uh, very Nicholas-oriented. So, um, if you look, if you look at stats historically, the guys who hit it distance isn't that big of a deal here. Uh, although it's a long golf course, it's it's become a little bit more relevant. Um, accuracy off the tee, and then definitely strokes gained approach in, into the greens because it's such a it's such a fine line here between being perfect and being absolutely screwed and in a, in a bad spot. I mean, there's mm. so much slope. Uh, it's a typical Nicholas second shot golf course. You've got to hit it high. Uh, you've got to be in the right quadrant. Otherwise, you can have some really tough, uh, really tough two putts and up and downs. But, you know, as far as what I'm telling my guys around the greens to work on, there, there's several things. I mean, uh, for one, these are probably the deepest bunkers on tour. Gosh, I remember when I first played here in college, in my first ever college tournament, I'd never I'd never hit out of a bunker that really had a lip. And so uh, and I think I probably had a 56 degree wedge. So I didn't know what I didn't know what I was doing. I could barely get them out of the bunker. So um, you, you've got to have serious height the greens will bake out. So it's not a place you're going to get a ton of spin on shots around the green. So we have to do it with height. Um, mm. You're also out of the rough. You're going to get so many shots out of the rough because if you're coming in from the rough or even coming in from the fairway, but especially from the rough, it's going to one bounce and just barely go over the green. So you're going to have a lot of balls because they're banked from, uh, you know, over the back, they're from back to front. So you might only be, you're going to have a ton of shots from three and four feet off the green that are going to be on thick rough that you literally only need to move it three or four feet to get it on the green. So there's a lot of, you know, short-sided little dump shots, a lot of bunker shots that need, that needs, you know, s- supreme height. Uh, the rough is thick, but it, it doesn't really go to the bottom. Uh, and that's something, you know, from a technical standpoint that we can talk about a little bit. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the very rarely, in this grass, does the ball go all the way to the bottom like it can in, in Bermuda grass? It always sits up with a little bit of cushion under it. So there's a little, <laughs> little different technique in how to play those shots. And um, so just trying to get the guy, you know, what I do every week, uh, I mean, uh, with all my guys, about half the guys I'm full swing everything with, and then all my guys I'm short game putting and practice with and is mainly, you know, show up on property and figure out what kind of grass we're dealing with uh, as far as as far as the chipping areas figure out style of bunkers, soft, mm-hmm. firm. Uh, you know, if you look at uh, Southern Hills a couple of weeks ago, it had pebbles in them. So having to figure out how to, how to try to play that. And then what kind of rough are we dealing with? So therefore in preparation, we're hitting those shots and understanding, you know, some form of setup technique, what we're trying to do out of that. It's, it's kind of like a couple of weeks ago at Southern Hills. I heard a lot of guys complaining about the bunkers, but I mean, not, this is going to sound blatantly, you know, very, almost borderline rude is that well you knew the bunkers were going to be that way starting on monday i don't know why nobody was preparing for it right <laughs> i mean yeah. it wasn't like you were going to show up on thursday and you thought they were just going to be perfect sand bunkers so you knew so you had to figure out a way to create height there you weren't going to spin it because of those pebbles right so anyway yeah that's, uh, that's that's a lot of what i do so let's let's because we're going to get to will here in a minute Zaltors, right. who um you know look he's he's a he's a talented young man fascinating uh, player. I was so impressed with him at the PGA, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to get to some of his stuff here in a minute. You've shared some video with me. We're going to pull it up and look at it from a putting and some short game stuff. But before we get to that, you mentioned 
the short game and the ball kind of doesn't sit towards the bottom. Isn't that nice? Cause here in Florida, I can tell you here at uh, Northeast Florida, TPC, the ball sits at the bottom. Correct. And um, it's a different type of shot. So take our audience through it. Okay. The ball's kind of got a little cush to it. Uh, it's in the, it's right. in the, it's in the rough versus it's at the bottom. So what, what would be some of the differences there between the two? Well, so short game is everybody asks, what do you teach? And what do you teach in short game? What, what is your method? And, and, and I don't really have one. I mean, it's every, everything I try to teach in chipping is, is lie, is lie based chipping. There's not one single method for any shot. Yes. There, you know, for ba- for basic shots out of the fairway, I, there's kind of two ways. There's a very, there's a little draw, draw look to it. Patrick Reed, who's very draw oriented with his chipping or you've got kind of Will Zalatoris or even Jason Day, who would be slightly more on the wide-to-wide cut version of it. Um, but if you look at the the lies around the green, so everything is kind of related to angle of attack. So, and that's about it. That's about as fancy of a term as I'm going to use. But the further the ball sits down in the rough and it's closest to the surface, your weight goes way more to the left, almost feeling like you're 80-20. On the, le- on the left side, the ball goes further back in your stance, and the club is working way more on a V-type shape. It's working way steeper, way more up and down, so you, can get, so you can get on the ball first. Also, when the ball is sitting down, contrary to what a lot of people think, you don't need as much speed because you're getting to the golf ball first. So, therefore, you're getting a little bit cleaner. So, ball down, whether it's especially in Bermuda, but – also in bent, the weight goes super left, ball goes back, and it's a very steep angle of attack. As the ball works up, you know, more toward that lie that we get most of the time, which is kind of half up, half down, that's when it's going to move a little bit more to the center of the stance. It's going to get a little bit more, I call hitting up on it, uh, sweep feeling, a little bit more draw, releasing the right hand, because if we get too steep when it's sitting halfway up, you hit it on top of the face and it goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. It just kind of c- comes off dead. And then the one that I think probably tricks people the most is the one that actually sits up really high. So when it sits up really high on the grass, whether bent, Bermuda, uh, bent, Bermuda rye, bluegrass, whatever it is, I actually want that ball played almost ahead of your left foot, almost mm. really far forward, and you're literally hitting up on it, trying to throw the club head up over your left shoulder so you're hitting it on the up. So because that's the only way to truly hit it in the center of the face. And I, I just think the majority of mistakes of amateurs or even tour players, candidly, just not understanding how to read lies and understanding that ball position, weight distribution, and angle of attack is really what sets it up. So it yep. kind of goes from more weight left to ball back to when it's really down to weight almost on your right side when the ball's sitting up. Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee only roasts top-quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. All right, well, let's get into a shot here because that, that's good stuff. I mean, that very well articulated on three different types of lies and what has to change ball position, um, angle of attack, et cetera. Now, you, you sent a video with me, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop it up here. This is Will, one of your students. 
right. and I love this technique so much um, around the greens here, pretty decent lie. And I did a, I did a little program here. One of my newest ones, video series, 150 yards on in. And this was a shot that made up one of the videos. And I spent a lot of time on it and I called it like a wooden out shot where mm-hmm. your arms and hands felt pretty wooden out, not, not stiff, but straight passive where you felt like you just had to kind of turn, turn and your arms and hands did anything. And you sent this to me. I was like, ah, this is great stuff. Take my audience through what Will's doing here on this type of shot. So if we look at this, this would be more of my, my Jason day model. I think Jason day is probably the best basic chipper in the world. Um, basic chippers pretty much if you if you look at his setup we're always trying to get his sternum if we draw a straight line down the center of his hat down his chest it should go to the golf ball if you notice that his buttons stay on the ball or ahead of the ball the whole time so all we're trying to do is to get a very centered kind of left position with very kind of stiff wristed uh, wide in the backswing so if you look at it when it's parallel to the ground that club look how much look how far his hands are away from the ground at, at that moment Club's pretty much parallel to the ground. There's very little hinge. And from there, he's just hitting it, hitting it with his center, with his core, with his chest. So our goal is that it's way more of on a U kind of arc, not a very V arc, which would be straight up a V shape, which is straight up and down, which would require more for, for more height. So this is just trying to control his low point by using his center, using his core, using his pivot. You know, I've said this num- numerous times. And chipping this way, your hands are just along for the ride. You're hitting it with your core. You're hitting it with your chest and the hands. Yes, we know you hit the golf ball with the hands. I've had people comment that to me numerous <laughs> times. Well, well, you're hitting it with your hands. Well, no shit. Excuse my language. But I mean, I, I know you're hitting it with your hands. But the, the feel is that the body is controlling the pivot and that the hands are just along for the ride and the ball just gets in the way. And if you notice this, we're taking very, very little divots. If anything, right. I want it to be picked. Will, when he first came to me, was amazing at the hard shot, extremely good at the flop shot, but was pretty poor basic stuff. So we just cleaned this up to get it. To, he had a super. He had a lot of shaft lean, a lot of wrist cock in the backswing, a lot of stab, um, a lot of divot. So he was great at spinning it in hard shots, but not very good at the basic. Okay, now I'm going to pull up another one. <clears throat> Here's another one you sent me. So this one... In your text, this you said this is a cut release. Correct. Okay, so let's play Correct. this. Walk my audience. What's different here? So in everything Will does, he tries to keep the club out, outside his hands at all times, in his full in his full swing and his chipping or whatever. But if if you notice, this would be this would be more of a technique that I would want to see guys use off very tight lies. So when the lie okay. is very very tight, now different from soft. You know, you know when you can get the tight but yet soft underneath. This would be very firm, something you would get maybe in Phoenix or Vegas or somewhere where when it's firm, we want the weight more left. We want the path to be a little bit more out to end on the cut side. So you can see his club stays outside his hands. And if you look post-impact, his hands kind of disappear in, into, his, into his stomach. If you, can, if you, if you notice post-impact, the hands work right a little bit more left. Club exits a little bit more left. The face is more open in relation to the arc, and it's going to have just a little cut spin to it. But what that does is that moves his low point just a little bit more forward because the lie is so tight. We've got to get on the ball first. So, so you cut. said you said tight lie with a 
with a kind of a softer base this is no, good for this would be tight and firm so tight and firm yeah okay the the addition the change i would make for like when we get that tight grass on top especially in the winter when it's tight but yet soft underneath mm -hmm. when it's kind of muddy uh is when i would use a very similar technique here but i would i would chip it way more off the toe i would stand a little closer to it chip it off the toe because the the, the toe uh the heel's the sharpest part of the club and if the heel in enters the ground off soft tur turf you're kind of done and you can see the face rotating there to my audience when we you know we it's a topic that we've we've dissected before like with some of the changes of victor hovland some of the things that you see with the face rotating back like right here the toes rotating a little bit more up as you would see perhaps in a full swing but you can see that club passing all good pitchers of the ball too. Like when they swing through Josh, like they do this naturally where they, it's like when they, obviously they're rotating their chest through, but it's almost like they kind of, they almost kind of work up with, watch the head kind of works up with it. Yes. You no, know, like yes. they're not staying down. No, that's the worst, 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 worst help anybody can ever give is the health head stays down. Cause if the head stays down, down the shoulder and the chest can't can't open up and that's going to keep your low point way too far back um so it, there's a there's a marriage between dumping the face out letting the club head pass by also by still pivoting pivoting your chest and and, and rotating so it's a, it's a mini golf swing but this is uh he's pretty darn he's pretty darn good at it but i would definitely say this is on the he's kind of a cutter in everything he likes to do around mm -hmm. the greens i mean this is pretty darn neutral uh, he's got the ability to draw it around the greens, but this is, this is definitely the feel of more more of a cut look to it. When would you draw it around uh, the greens? Um, Patrick Reed draws everything. Okay. Uh, so he, he he he's he's a draw chipper. He's an aim right. I think I sent you a video of, of myself actually, where the, the the club's working way more around. The toe is is way more open on the on the backswing with a little bit of little bit of release. Um, Draw chipping works great when the grass is really lush, mm. when it's so, when it's softer. Um, but so it's it's definitely more of a rounded sitting up. Also, it's kind of similar to like when the when the when the ball's in the first cut or rough and it sits up a little bit. Yeah. When you get too steep again, too cutty, too steep, ball hits on top of the face and it has a really hard trouble spinning it. So um, I'm probably slightly more on on the bias of of, of draw chipping per se which is essentially to me it's just on plane uh but right. the face is working square to the arc the whole time there's actually a little bit of opening and closing of the face in, in a more kind of a draw chipping you know but i think again there's so many different ways of doing this i mean if you look at it and i've said this numerous times there are not many great ball strikers that are great chippers and vice versa, right. because it's an opposite move. Uh, I, I've helped Victor Hovland several times in the past, and he came to me, and, and he's got an extremely shut face. The club is extremely outside on the backswing, yep. but it, and, he, and he has a lot of shaft lean, but that's what makes him one of the best ball strikers in the world. So being a great ball striker and a great chipper, honestly, two different motions. Most great chippers have a cup left wrist. The face rotates open. They hinge. They unhinge. And it, it, that's, that's just their feel. The toe, the toe kind of beats the heel. Does that make sense? The toe passes the heel yep. through impact. Yep. We're, yep. In, we're in great ball strikers. The face is shut. They're shaft lane. The toe never passes the heel. You know who was not a great chipper of the ball and, and basically just described your team with Jack Nicholas. Yes. Yeah. He was, a, yeah, know, he, he was out of the bunkers and, and, uh, and out of, uh, and out of pitching because 
you have to have more. He was way, way more up and down. Shut, you know, kind of a strong face. Shut. Um, yeah, stronger face, yeah. But you know what? It worked, but look at Jordan Spieth. I mean, I, Jordan Spieth maybe maybe top three chipper in the world, if if not if not you know if not one. But he's a lot of shaft lean, takes a lot yeah. of divot, super leaning. But you know, I would never teach that. But it works. Obviously, no. it works amazing for him. So and know, Mickelson that was that try way. to get guys to take a little as little divot as possible. I think being shallow almost hitting it off the bottom groove, you know, between groove one and two, slightly on the thin side, creates the most low launch high spin. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah. I don't care about part up and downs. I, I most everything I do with my guys is working on basic up and downs, the momentum keepers. I don't care if you can get the hard ones up and down. That doesn't yeah. really matter to me. If you hit it in that bad a spot, that's you and your caddy's fault. <laughs> so let's let's get let's get you to get the basic ones up and down because that's that's what saves your score. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That, that uh, comment right there, I have, I, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Let, let me ask you this before we put up Will's putty, because I want to spend a little time on that. You work with Patrick Stop. Reed as well. And, um, <laughs> yes. and you have for a long time. And Sorry. I still don't think Patrick gets like the credit he deserves and how good of a short game player he is. I mean, the, yeah. the dude is ridiculous right around the green. Um, so let me, let me phrase it this way. I know that he went through a period where he was trying to shut the face more coming down with Ledbetter. Correct. Right. And get the face more shut and prepared. I asked David, I said, is he trying to flex a lead wrist more? And he says, no, he's just trying to shut it more and then, and then turn and hit it. And we know the benefits of that from a ball striking standpoint, he can just turn and hit it and not worry about the face. Was there a period where, or are you still in it where, it seems like Patrick's starting to kind of get his, his groove on here a little bit yeah. the last couple of months. He's, he's uh, trending in the right direction. Back, back he's trending in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Played very well last week. Uh, and was there a period where, like, when he was trying to shut the face more coming down, that that would leak into your into some of the short game stuff that he was doing or no? No, brilliant comment because that's in question because that's exactly – you're spot on in what happened. I mean, take, taking that back to a little bit of, of Victor Hovland, for example – when he, when he came to me and asked and asked him questions about chipping and and I saw his club face, I said, "Look, this guy hits 13 greens around. So of those, he's going to miss five greens. He's probably going to putt one or two of those. One of them's going to be in a bunker. One of them's going to be in the rough. At most, he's going to have two chip shots a day. So, am I going to try to correct his club face for something that could take away from him being perhaps the best ball striker in the world or one of the top three or four ball strikers? So." Mm-hmm that was a very kind of tough thing. I, I didn't want to play around with this club face. I wanted to try to do it with his pivot to create height and spin that way, but not mess with his club face. Had I had it to do all over again, I probably would have said his club face more open at address and then just let him shut a little bit on the backswing instead of starting with it square and then working more shut. But having mm-hmm. said that, I didn't want to do anything that took away from what makes him great to look, to look at Patrick Reed. Uh, that was kind of the conversation we, we had after Riviera this year. Um, I saw him did some video of his chipping and, and, and the face was getting shut. The face was getting inside of his hands, uh, which I've never seen. Um, his, he was having, therefore when, the, when your club is de-lofted and shut like that, you have to back up out of it. Your left shoulder gets too high through impact. Therefore you can't control your low point. You're bottoming out too, too early. So it was probably the first time and, and gosh, I coached him in college and, and then, Ever, ever since he's turned pro with a short game that we actually had to have a lesson <laughs> a golf lesson for the most time it was it was simply just maintenance working on shots working on how to practice it 
Let's hit our high, our mediums, our lows. Let's make sure ball position's good. Just simple little feels right. fixes every now and then. But this yeah. was an actual chipping lesson that yeah. I haven't had to give him in, in a long time because it had crept into his full swing. And, and kind of as I told him, look, th- this might be making your, your full swing a, a prettier picture or look more like what a, what a model looks like. But unfortunately, it's hurting your wedge play. It's hurting your chipping. It's hurting your bunker play. It's hurting your shots out of the rough, especially uh, where you're probably the best in the world. If we if we had to sum up all those categories, he would be the best in the world in that area. So it was taken away from his DNA and who he is. So is it was. Uh, we're back yeah. on track. Yeah. Is he is he still trying to do that in his full swing? Uh, a more he, minor version of it. He's, okay. he's back with Kevin Kirk, who's yeah. always uh, been, been his you know kind of Kevin and I have kind of always always shared duties, and so it's. Look, I've always thought, you know, he's had a you know, kind of a cup left wrist that in yeah. club bases get open. He stalls out his lower body and has a lot, a lot of throw flip through the ball, which thankfully he's got some of the best hands in the world, which makes him a great chipper. I've always thought the club face needed to be in a little moderation at the top, slightly stronger, but not to the extreme that it was getting. Because unfortunately, his body doesn't know how to react from a strong club face. His left hip doesn't know how to open up. So it's, it's interesting. I talk about this all the time on the podcast, you know, with, with uh, it's the difference between working with like a 10 handicap and a world-class player is like, yeah, okay. 10, 15 handicap, the face is open. They're coming over, they're dumping it. All right, let's shut that. You know, I tell people, look, generally speaking, amateur golfers, let's get the face a little stronger so you can learn shaft lean. You can learn how to hit it inside. You can learn how to rotate, like all those things breed good development. But when you change the face of a world-class player, I mean, slippery slope. I mean, I, I tell my guys all the time. I mean, I've had a, you know, w- one of my guys, Taylor Moore recently was trying to make some changes to, to, to get better. And, and I, I never blame a guy for wanting to get better, but yeah. I'll, I call it, you know, Paul, he's going to use that word alongside talking about your DNA. You, you got your name on the bag and you got out here for a reason. These guys don't need rebuilds. They need, they need fine tuning. And yeah. let's try to make what you do a little bit better, but very rarely, I mean, Faldo, Tiger, Hogan, very few guys have gone complete rebuilds and had success. And those were freaks of nature as far as yep. work ethic and hitting golf balls. All right, let's go to, uh, let's go back to your man, Will. You know, what's funny about Will Zalatoris when he, yeah. I think he finished sixth, the U S open back in 2020. And I was working on getting him on the podcast. So he came on the next day after, uh, what was it up in, in front of blank Wingfoot? Yeah. Up in Wingfoot. Is it wing at, at Wingfoot? Yeah. Didn't so he gets that, on. But, uh, you know, yeah. Right. And he plays great and finishes six and he comes on my podcast on Monday and we're talking and, and he gets into Corrales. He just, they just said, now he, you know, he gets into Corrales the next mm-hmm. week. And I said, Hey, Will, I said, you're in Corrales. I said, I think you're going to be the favorite. He says, Oh no, I'm not going to be the favorite. I say, no, I think you're going to be the favorite in Corrales. Will. <laughs> and, and sure enough, he was, he finishes eighth and off he goes and, we had a great conversation and, and, and obviously a huge fan of Will's out I look, I, I watched him at the PGA and the dude's cruising around. He looks like he's his, his maturity level looks like he's 35 years old. He looks like he's been right. there and done that. Um, I mean, you just, you're just so impressed with this guy. I felt like at the PGA positive 4.6 putting, that's the best I've ever seen him putt. Am I wrong? Uh, he's had a couple better than that. It, what, what what's crazy about him is that his five top tens in, in his five top tens in majors, he's been he's been in the top ten strokes gained putting. He's second, third at Augusta, fifth that year at the U.S. Open, uh, fifth last year at the PGA, and then tenth this year. So in the most high pressure moments, 
he's pretty darn good. Yes. What are we looking at here with this setup? Because obviously when people look at this, they see the shaft running up the lead arm, right. very weak left hand, and then a right hand that's almost kind of a pencil kind of looking. So kind of walk us through how you guys have come to this setup here. So we started working about three, three and a half years ago, and he was at, at pretty rock bottom w with his putting. He, he's been a, an elite ball striker pretty much his whole career. So we, he came to me for, for, yes, some technical help, practice help, just how do I get better? And, and I'll give this kid, young man, the most he, – he and Patrick Reed are by, are by far – if you tell them to do something and they believe in it, that they will do it no matter what. And he sticks to the same plan. Same drills, same game, same routine, same feels every single day, regardless of whether he's plus five in putting or whether he's negative five in putting. And that's what's really cool uh, about him. But if you look at it from a technical standpoint, we tried to build a setup to where it's a, it's essentially taking the right hand out of it for the most part. So we get, I want him feeling almost 60, 40, maybe even 70, 30 on his left foot, his chest again over the center of the ball. So he, this was right before the PGA. So we had he had gotten into it, although he had putted really well. He putted um, you know, during the mat, match play, uh, Augusta, um, the, uh, the the team deal at, at Zurich. Zurich, he yes. was he was top ten in putting all, all those the, you know those three weeks. If you you know they don't keep stats at Augusta, they don't keep stats um, at the at at the team deal. Uh, but if you look at what he did, I mean, he would be, he would, he was well into the, I think he was plus seven for all his matches. Um, and, and then he was plus four or five, uh, in new Orleans. So stats are deceiving. I mean, it's going to say he's one sixtieth, one seventieth in putting wherever he is somewhere in there. But if they added those events, he's a top 100 putter. Is he where we want to be? No, nowhere near where we want to be, but he's not that he's not that bad. <laughs> he's right. not that bad. So if you look at it, Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee, only roast, top quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. So what happens, his common mistake is he creeps in, he gets his right shoulder too low, so he has okay. too much tilt at address, which that causes his lines, his eye line, to be looking too far out to the right. So when his eye line is looking too far out to the right, and we've all seen it on camera, we've all seen this, the strokes inside of four feet, the putter whips straight inside, and then it has a little bit of a reroute, and, and sometimes he just doesn't have time, time to correct it from four feet. Mm -hmm. Having said that, his stroke is beautiful outside of five feet. He just has, you know, he's got obviously some a technical issue with obviously a little bit of anxiety that that just, hey, it's who he is, and he knows it, he owns it. Um, but but look at look at this stroke here. You, you never see it on the putting green. The, the on the putting green, the stroke is is beautiful. We train every single day. If you look at the if you look at the down the line view, we're constantly trying to set up barriers on the inside to to where we train trying to take the putter almost a couple inches outside mm -hmm. to offset the pattern of taking it inside. Does it feel uh, more up to him? Yes, it feels up and out. Up so and out. That's what we do so by getting the pressure more left and getting his tilt more left. That gets the putter coming up on the backswing. That makes sense? Yep. So if I get yep. super left, that gets the club more vertical and outside. If I'm tilted to the right, it's going to be very low and inside. 
So we're constantly trying to offset that pattern. You know, the way, the way I explained it to him is he's made a million strokes in his life, you know, ripping it inside and having to reroute it. We're just in a game of catch up and we're going to catch up one day. And, and he's, um, it's pretty cool. I'll give you what, one really neat story at Sawgrass. He was in six going to the last round and he was, I think he was just under negative five strokes game putting uh, the last day at TPC. It was pretty poor. It's self-admittedly, and, and, and he walked off the green. He goes, what'd you see? I said, what do you want? Do you want to know the good news or do you want to know the bad news? He goes, well, tell me the bad news. I said, bud, you, you, you whipped it straight inside all day and you hit it off the toe and you pretty much toe shanked it to the right. He goes, okay. He goes, well, give me the good news. I said, well, the good news we, is we know how to fix it. We just got to keep doing it. And so that's where credit to him. He doesn't try to rebuild. He knows what we're doing is correct. He knows the fixes. He knows the feels. It's just going to take more reps, and it's also going to take confidence. It's also going to take putts like he made at 17 and 18 at Southern Hills, putts that he made in the, in the match play to, to, to beat Victor Hovland and Kevin Na. Things like that, that's what's going to truly fix his stroke, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Confidence is going to lead to better flow away from the ball, not going inside all those things. We, that's the other word we always use in his stroke is flow. When his eyes go to the target, then they get settled back on the ball. I almost want the putter going back before his eyes even get settled. Mm-hmm. A lot of old Dr. Rotella stuff as well. Because yep. the moment he gets settled and stagnant is when there's that inside kind of jerky looking move. So, um, you know, what's amazing, though, even with that stroke that, that doesn't look pretty, he makes a lot of them. He makes a lot of them, and his stroke is beautiful outside of five feet. And um, he made a great comment at Augusta this year, and they they asked him about his, because you know, obviously the media is all over him about his putting. And he said, "Look, he goes, I'm never going to win any beauty contest inside of five feet, but if anybody wants to go to the putting green right now, we can go." So <laughs> he believes in what he's doing. He knows he's on the right track. Yeah. And uh, what's crazy about this stupid game is, so last week Colonial, he was tired as can be, exhausted, you know. Mm-hmm wasn't even sure if he was going to play really worn out probably his best his stroke has ever looked inside of five feet to me mm-hmm. i didn't see any of the ones that that you know kind of go inside and yet he was you know negative three and a half strokes game party to miss the cut <laughs> so he hit, yeah right it, but it, and to me that's progress because yeah. the confidence taken from southern hills allowed him to free up his stroke a little bit more and more belief and as he texts me uh late sunday night after he after he lost in the playoff he goes coach you've been telling me this for a long time but i now finally believe i'm one of the best in the world when you start saying those things good things are going to happen absolutely well especially with that attitude right i mean you're just you're poised for success and and he's and, and we know he's one of the best ball strikers in the world so it's 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 gonna happen so all of that just Cause you look at this and you're right. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely perfect. And and my audience watching this, they're saying, Oh, look at this. There's another two to one ratio. He's longer back, longer back, shorter. shorter. Does that little lower finish help him kind of feel a little more up down with the stroke too? 1000%. So yeah. a lot of times you'll, you'll see me out of the green holding his left shoulder or <laughs> holding the back of his left tricep. Cause in putting, I, I believe the, the, the right shoulder controls the backstroke and the left shoulder controls the through stroke. That is the arc of the stroke. It's not done with your hands. So we're try- constantly trying to keep connection in that left, in that left arm where that feels like his, le- his tricep is on his rib cage. The left shoulder stays down, which therefore that keeps the putter 
lower to the ground, but also keeps the toe releasing. So when his left shoulder comes up, left elbow kind of disengages from it from his side. That's when the toe stays open. He gets those little wipers to the right. I can't tell you how many times I've given that lesson to people. I, I just, you know, look, I, I'm not a, a, a technology geek. I'm a, I'm a geek in trying to figure out how to make guys better and, and, and keeping things simple. But, you know, they, they talked, we went through that fad and teaching for a long time of trying to hit up, hit up on putts, hit up on putts, hit up on putts. Well, the putter has three to four degrees of loft on it for a reason. Why are we trying to hit up on it? Because unfortunately, when you hit up on it, that left shoulder comes up, the left elbow gets, gets, you know, gets going out and you can't control the putter face. Yeah. Wow. So I think it's, it's, you know, we do a lot of training with kind of a glove under the left arm, a lot of left arm only drills to where the left shoulders kind of work it. He calls it working around the corner. When he gets in a really good setup position, he feels like he can just rock back and forth. He feels like he can get around the corner. Um, you know, one, one little interesting find, if you look at this, if you look, you can kind of zoom in on his grip. We, we find that when he puts the best, his, the bottom of his right hand, his two fingers are always covering the E on the super stroke. When he gets the hands a little bit too high on the putter, that's when he can't control the face and it starts creeping inside. So he honestly picked that up on himself. Wednesday night at, at Southern Hills, he sent me a text and goes, look at these pictures. And his hand was maybe half an inch higher than it normally was. And, you know, these guys are so good that uh, one little bit of tip, one little bit of help, one little thing of feel can just shift the confidence. And you know, he yeah. made he made two putts early on the first two holes there and looked at his caddy, Ryan, and said, uh, I'm back. I got this. Wow. <laughs> So things are going to continue to smooth out in the backstroke because with him, it sounds like, you know, you get the setup maintenance, right? If that putter head gets started correctly, watch out. And yeah. the inside the four feet stuff that we see from time to time, it's just, it's a lot of it. It's just anxiety driven that, that you 100%. guys are just kind of working through. Well, it, it's anxiety driven. It's, it's obviously a, a technical flaw leads to a little bit of a mental breakdown. That's mm -hmm. period. You, you don't just all of a sudden not have trust for him. You have a flaw that that creeps in there so we're constantly trying to to fix the flaw get the flaw better and it is so much better than than three years ago when i yeah. saw him and when there was you know kind of shaking his hands would shake a little bit on the putter he was really unconfident nervous and now it, it's getting to a point where look it's not where we want it but it's at least we're closing the gap we're closing yeah. the gap outside of five feet you don't you don't really see it and we're just trying to, you know, he at least knows it now. Like he, yeah. he will feel it when it goes straight inside, which is great. That is huge for him because as much as I can say, tell him to do it. If he doesn't feel it on his own, we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. It's and good and stuff, let's, face man. It, let's face it. The guy's one of the best ball strikers in the world. As I've said, if he is strokes gain level for the year, slightly in the positive, he's a top five player in the world. Oh, there's no, we get, him, no we doubt. get him to be just a little bit better than average. And I think he can be, he can contend for being, you know, the, the, the best in the world. So, Oh, yeah. When you hit it as well as he does, we don't have to putt elite. Yeah. The, putt, the weeks he puts elite, he's going to win. The, well, the week he puts above average, he's going to have a chance to win. So uh, that's that's the cool part about this is we just keep preaching it from a standpoint of hey, imagine how good this is going to be when it when it gets just a little bit better. Yeah. It's amazing. And his good buddy Cam Young now is out there with him and playing well Ooh. for Wake and that kid. You know, amazing. I, I was just thinking. You know, I mean, you have Burns and Scheffler in the playoff, and I've been touting Burns for a long time on the podcast. And you think Burns and Scheffler and Will and Cam Young, none of these guys are even on the Ryder Cup team. No, we're, I mean, we're going to need two, right? We're going to need a, a, a JV team for the Ryder I mean, there's going to be, uh, I mean, you could literally have a team on, under 30 years of age. 
gosh, I mean, American golf, men's golf, it is so stacked right now. Unbelievable. It's going to so be tough for it's going to be tough for those Europeans for a while, I think. Yeah, but hey, this was uh, this was awesome. I could Thank we could talk forever, but I know you have to go to work, so I appreciate I, I, you um, coming on the podcast, getting up early at Mirfield with me, and um, but, the best uh, of luck to you. I'll, I'll be the first to text you, and I I still have Will sell, so I'm going to text him when he wins because I know when he wins once, he's going to win like a dozen times. He's he's going to be it's that. The, the floodgates are open. I, I hope it'll have a little bit of Scotty Scheffler Scheffler uh, feel to it once he wins. Oh, it's one. going to. It's just going to happen, and 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 that's what's cool. It's what I told him after Tory Pines when he, when he he did he didn't putt great on Saturday there, and he hit a actually hit a pretty darn good putt on 18, and when he missed the, that putt's supposed to go to the right, and it didn't. Mm. And I said, you know what? Next time you're in the position, you're going to make that putt. And he did at Southern Hills, and that's um, that. That's huge. Those two putts, I, I call them memory bankers. He'll be able to draw draw on those forever. All right, Josh Gregory, unbelievable Thanks, podcast. Buddy. Best of luck this week. I, I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Anytime. Okay, yep. Thank you. Bye.